get into our message today. Father, we bless you. We thank you that we are able to even give the word away. Lord, there are places, our brothers and sisters in this world who are living in fear. And we do not take for granted the times that we live in. And even one day that we might not be able to love you and serve you as freely as we do today. And so while we have the time, while we have the opportunity, while we can be in this room together in public, we celebrate you. And we pray that you speak to our hearts in a mighty and powerful way. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So today's message, episode three. Episode three of the mixtape. We've been in a series called the mixtape. And whole, the whole concept for this is that Jesus has something to say. How many of you agree with that? And, you know, most of us, many of us grew up in a hip-hop generation, hip-hop era. We all live in different eras of hip-hop. And for me, when I, when I grew up and a new artist came out, the first thing they did was they dropped a mixtape. And a mixtape was kind of their way of introducing themselves into the world, introducing the concept that they had. It was the music for a movement. It was the backdrop to what they wanted to do in the world. And Jesus is no different. In fact, I believe Jesus was the best MC of all time. I believe Jesus was the best artist of all time. Are you kidding me? Jesus introduced, introduced and blew up a whole new literary genre called parables. Jesus was dropping parables. He was confusing people with PhDs. They didn't even get it. Jesus was so deep. And he had a way of breaking it down. It was so simple. And so as we're looking through the book of Luke, I was looking for and listening for the soundtrack for a movement for Jesus' mixtape. And so episode three is named after this particular phrase in a song. It's not the song, but it's a phrase in a song that to me popped up when I looked at this particular text in the Bible. And I'm going to give you my text or give you my title right away. Don't call it a comeback. Now, some of you, this may not make any sense to you. This may be an older song, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to help and bring you up to speed to this song. This, this phrase comes from a song you probably hear on Throwback Radio because I'm old enough to hear my songs on Throwback stations now. This came out by LL Cool J. The song name title was Mama Said What? Come on, y'all ain't been in church your whole life. Mama Said What? Mama Said Knock You Out. I remember when I first heard that song, I was in, as soon as I heard it come out, some of you did the same thing. I was downstairs because the video had people boxing. And LL Cool J was boxing before he was on NCS, NIC, whatever it is now. LL Cool J was a rapper. And he came out with a song, hit Mama Said Knock You Out. When I heard that song, I said, that's my song right there. Mama told me to knock someone out. Now, I think my mom really heard the song very carefully. I think she heard Mama Said Knock Me Out. So we had to talk. No, she never knocked me out. Talk a little bit about the interpretation of that song. I had to remind her, no, Mom, the song's not telling you to knock me out. The song is saying someone's got a problem with me, and my mama gave me permission to knock you out. Mama ever told you to knock somebody out? Don't come back here with your lunch money missing. I know they don't have lunch money like that today, but there were some times when Mom said, you need to protect yourself. And I interpreted that as you need, to, you need to stand your ground, you need to stay in the zone, you need to stay focused. 
And I love this particular song because every time I hear it on the radio, it gets me pumped up. And what LL Cool J says in the song is, don't call it a comeback. What's the next line in the song? Don't play with me. What's the next line in the song? You don't know this song? I almost played it today, but I ran out of time. He says, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Ringing the bell? Okay, some of y'all were some Holy Ghost people. Praise God. This church is going to grow because of your faithfulness and your holiness. El Kuj said, don't call it a comeback. I'm not coming back. I've been here. That's what he's saying. I'm not trying to come back. I've been here. I've been on top of my game. And I want to introduce you to this scene in the book of Luke where I believe Jesus is declaring to one of his old enemies. As Jesus comes on the scene now in human form, we know that Jesus in human flesh as he walked the earth was the incarnate. That's just a theological word for God in flesh. And this was necessary for our salvation, for God to come into the human experience and save us from the human experience. But we do know that Jesus, in fact, is the Son of God. He is a part of the Trinity, the Godhead. And he was Jesus, maybe not by name, but by role. He was Jesus before he was ever born as a child. He came into the world as the fulfillment of Messiah. The prophetic role that was given to the God's people for centuries and millennia to know that one day the Savior is going to come. And we in Luke are now introduced to the Savior. And here's what happens in Luke chapter 4. Now, the scripture journal Bibles I gave you are in the ESV version. They don't make the NLT version, which we like to preach from. Last week I preached from the ESV, but I didn't like it, so I'm going back to the NLT to preach from it, but um, you can do your scripture journal and still write. If you want to, you can open it. Matter of fact, I was going to tell you what page it was on because that's what's deep about these. Yeah, I can tell you what page to turn to. So if you're not comfortable with finding it in the Bible, you can find it on a page number. How easy is that? It is page 30. Oh, I lost it. What was it? Page 30. So you can jump to page 30 in one of these. And you can write your notes on the side. So anyway, Luke chapter 4, verses starting at verse 1. Bible says, then Jesus, full of the what? Full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He is coming from his public baptism. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now I want you to understand this. There are people who are going to be baptized today. And immediately after he was baptized... The Spirit leads him to the wilderness. Let me just talk to some of you who are, have been baptized or thinking about it or who will be. When you get baptized, it is just a public, it is a public announcement that you're saying, I've made the decision to change my life around and I'm going to give Jesus chance to lead me. I'm going to give Jesus the leadership of my life. But it doesn't mean that instantly you are walking on clouds and rainbows. It doesn't mean that everything is going to change. In fact, some things are going to get worse. And what's interesting is that the Spirit leads him there. Did you see that? The Spirit, the same Spirit that he's filled with, the same Spirit that you will be filled with and you should have been filled with and need to be filled with 
will lead you sometimes into the wilderness. Well, let's see what happens in the wilderness. He was led to the wilderness. Okay, he was spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time, and he became very hungry. He was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil for 40 days. Now, some of us who read this, we thought, oh, Jesus, he was only tempted by three little questions that we're getting ready to read. Now, the Bible says he was being tempted 40 days, 40 nights. Let me give you a little bit, but let me give you some good for some good news. First of all, you need to know this. The devil is not tempting you. Can I break that down for a second? Like, this was actually the devil that was tempting him. This is actually the head, the devil. I'm going to read a scripture in a second. I'm going to break this down. But I want you to understand that the devil is not the same as God in the attributes that he has. We understand that God is all-seeing, all-knowing, and all-powerful, right? We know that God is all-present. He can be everywhere at the same time. The devil cannot. The devil is not omnipresent. The devil is not omniscient, and he's not all-knowing. The devil can't read your mind. The devil can't be here and there. So here's what I'm saying. All of you are pretty low on the chain. The devil ain't got time for you. There's, there, there, is, there are beings that work for the devil. There are fallen angels that I'm going to read in just a second that are, maybe assi- that are assigned to you, but in terms of level of power and authority, it is not the devil. Sometimes the devil's like, look, don't even give me credit for that. I didn't do that. They did that on their own. That was like, look, I did not do that. I was not even there. But you got to understand that the devil himself is tempting Jesus. Now, that's, now listen, listen to the power of that. We're talking about Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says was being tempted. Okay, I'm going to come on this side. We're talking about Jesus. It don't get no better than that. Right? Jesus himself, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's being tempted. Half the time, we are rejecting the Holy Spirit to a third string, eighth string demon. Right? And we're struggling Trying to find out, Lord, why can't we get a breakthrough? Okay, so I'm just going to keep on reading this because the Bible, this is just two verses. Here's, here's how it goes down. He's tempting him. And Jesus is hungry because Jesus is not just sitting there ordering Starbucks, right, grabbing an Uber, just chilling. He is in the wilderness. There's nobody there. He is not eating for, he, Jesus is hangry. This is a hangry Jesus. 40-day hangry Jesus, Okay. Four hours from now, some of y'all are going to be upset. This is a 40-day hangry Jesus. And then the devil said to him, if, if you are the son of God, tell this stone 
to become a large pizza. Right? Turn this into Olive Garden. If you're the son of God, flip this into an impossible burger with fries and ranch. Make some enchiladas out of this. If you can do this, let me see some taquitos right now. Put, put them out. Jesus is like, no. The scriptures say people don't live by bread alone. Notice what Jesus is doing. He's not responding in his own words. He's responding with the scripture. Then the devil took him to up and revealed to him all the uh, kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. This is powerful. I will give you, listen to what the devil says, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine. To give to anyone I please. Some of us want to be famous. And the enemy is like, I can make you famous. It's just going to cost you. I can make you your likes triple on Instagram. It's going to cost you. Because I'm running this. If I will give it all to you, if you, this is what the, this, what the devil said, if you bow and worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Now, if this would have been me, the scripture would have read, and Terence struck the devil from the high place, and the devil was dead. That's what the scriptures would have said. And Jesus slapped the devil in the mouth. Four of his teeth fell to the ground. The place where his teeth have fallen have called this to this day. That's what the scripture would have read. But Jesus didn't say that. It's a hangry Jesus. The devil just told him to worship him. Okay, y'all, okay. Some of y'all, okay, can I talk to the parents real quick? Real quick. This is going to take 20 seconds. Could you imagine your child walking in the room and say, listen here, give me your checkbook. I'm running this house. You sit down. You, like that word wouldn't, it would have just fell off. And then the rest would have been 911. What's your emergency, right? That just, no, I'm not advocating that at all. I'm not. Call UCA. Are you guys admitting students right now to my kids to UCA? Anyway, okay. Um, he said, the devil just told him, hey, man, you can save this world. It's a lot easier. All you got to do is bow and worship me. What he's saying. Look at, let's listen to the arrogance and the evil in the devil. The devil's not playing with anybody. He's not even playing with Jesus. Jesus said, look, I, don't worship, I only worship God. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem. He took him to the church. He took him to the conference office. He took him to the GC. Took him over to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. He said, if you're the son of God, jump. For the scriptures say, did y'all know the devil knows the scripture too? Did y'all know the, the devil knows the Bible? He's like, I know the Bible because I'm in there. He doesn't understand it. Because the scriptures, by say, the Holy Spirit helps us understand it. I want you to understand that he's not getting light from it. The devil's not doing his devotional, right? He's not on version and following the app. He's not doing that. He knows the scriptures. He's trying to flip it on him. So this is what the scriptures say. 
He will order your angels to protect you and guard you. They will hold you up into their hands so you won't even be hurt for your foot to the stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Now, I just happen to think that Jesus was throwing some major shade right there. Basically, look, don't test me. Don't, the, the scriptures also say don't test me because that would have been the next verse in the Bible, right? And Jesus spoke these words, right? And the kingdom of the devil just evaporated, and there was no more. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him, look at this here, until the next opportunity came. Let, let me just give you a few things, and I need to wrap this up as soon as I can. But what I want you to understand is Jesus is, is pronouncing this is not a comeback. I, I want you to understand, I, I've been here for years. I want you to understand, I'm focused on my mission. He might even say it in a Jay-Z voice, I'm focused, man. I, I'm, on my, I'm on my game. I've come here to bring salvation, and I'm focused. Right? You cannot distract me. You cannot deter me. What I'm trying to give you my message today is that I want you to be able to declare the same thing that Jesus did by declaring the word of God to say, I'm focused. I'm on point to my purpose. I'm on point to my mission. And I won't be tempted. I won't be distracted. I won't turn around. I won't go back because I'm focused, man. I'm focused. This is what you need to understand about temptation. I want to take you to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. I think I'll read it on the screen. I want you to understand this because the Bible said that the Spirit took Jesus into the wilderness. But the Bible did not say that the Spirit tempted Jesus. I want you to understand this. See, sometimes when we are leaving the presence or when we're out into the world, this is sweet. We love to be together. But the reality is we got to leave this place, don't we, eventually. And when we leave this place, God wants us to be strong. And sometimes you get the greatest adversity because you are strong. Any basketball players in here? If you play basketball, you get double teamed because you're a threat. You get more adversity. But here's what the Bible says about this. The Bible says, God blesses those who patiently endure, what's that word? Testing and temptation. See, it's not wrong to be tempted. Temptation is not the sin. Temptation is not a sin. It just means that your nature, your will is pulling you that direction. Right? If I was fasting and I was taking, a, I wasn't eating today, there's some things you could put in front of me. I'm good. That's not going to tempt me. You put some macaroni and cheese and some yams, right, and some collard. I am genetically inclined to collard greens. That's not fair, right? I am genetically inclined to mac and cheese, all right? That's a problem. So there are some things that you are pulled to because of being human, being baptized, Loving God, it does not fix us. Our salvation is not finished until the Lord returns. But we are called to live strong in test, testing and temptation. So the Bible continues. Afterward, they will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. Listen, God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anybody else. God's not tempting you. 
God's not trying to trap you. I don't know what you heard. God's not trying to set you up for a mistake. Temptation comes from your own desires, which entice us and drag us away. God's not trying to have you fix your temptations and your desires. He wants you to be aware of them. He wants you to know what's triggering, triggering that. There are sometimes we fall into certain sins at certain times of the day. Okay, I'll keep going. Sometimes you got to go to bed early, right? You get past 11, 12 o'clock on social media, you're in trouble. He continues, these desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to decay. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. See, God is not tempting you, but there is an evil, there is a force, there is a power that is tempting you. Let me take you to Revelation 12. I told you I'd break it down. Here's what Revelation 12, verse 7 says. This is Revelation, by the way, is one of my favorite books. It's the last book of the Bible. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's like Jesus' autobiography. It's his documentary of his ministry on earth and what he's going to do. The Bible says, it, so it goes back. Even though it's the last book of the Bible, it's talking about a time before creation. Then there was war in heaven. Hold up. I wish I could preach that. Did you hear that? There was war in heaven. Like heaven. There was war in heaven. In heaven. There's war in your house, right? There's war in this nation. There's war in the community. And there was even war in heaven. Michael, who is suggested by most biblical scholars, is attributed to in Daniel as well, to be the, to be the highest ranking commander of the Lord's host, which is referred to as Jesus. So this could be Jesus. Really, it is. Jesus and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. The, and the dragon lost the battle. Somebody ought to say amen. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. That would be great if we stopped there. But what else happened? This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the what? The devil. So we saw that. It was the devil who was cast out and one-third of the angels who came with him. The ancient serpent called the devil, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Now, that's not good. Because he got thrown out of heaven. And where did he get thrown to? And where did we live? That's not good, is it? When the dragon realized that he got drop kicked, he got Bobby Boucher, he got body slammed to the earth, he pursued the woman, which is the church, who had been given birth to the male child. This is symbolic language for the church. So the devil says, I can't whoop Jesus in heaven, so I'm going to take the fight here, and I'm going to pursue the church. And so I want to go back, and I'm going to close with this, going back to the last verse of the scripture we read, uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 13. It's because Jesus came into this beginning battle. And the Bible says when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he tried his best for the first time to take out Jesus. As we read in the book of Luke, we'll see him come back again, not so much with audible words, but we'll see the struggle on the cross where the enemy again comes back to Jesus. And he finished tempting him. He left him out until the opportune, opportunity, next opportunity came. We know the end of the story. 
We know that Jesus is victorious on the cross. We know that Jesus says, I hold the keys to death and hell. All authority has been given to me. You can put the enemy under your feet. In Revelation, Jesus starts talking mad trash. He says, look, I'm going to come back with my next mixtape. And the mixtape says, I'm the greatest of all time. No one can beat me. What you need to understand is that I am on your side. I'm asking you to let me lead you. I'm asking you to let me walk through this journal. Just journey. I'm asking you to let me keep you focused on your job. Because if Satan can trip you up now, he has only can guess what he can what's going to happen to you in the future. You can't give up today because God has a, a cross waiting for you. It may not be the cross on Calvary, but it's an opportunity for you to endure the greatest trial of your life, to have the greatest victory in your life. There is someone waiting for you to be successful. There's someone waiting for you to get through this test, to get through this season, and you can't give up now. You've got to endure. You've got to stay focused. You've got to allow Jesus to lead your life because the enemy's looking for the next opportunity. But here's what I want to say. We're not going, he's going to come again. He's going to try to come and tempt you again. He's going to try to come and trip you up again. But the good news is, this is not a comeback. The good news is, is this is not the first time Jesus had to face the devil. The good news is, this is not the first time Jesus has had to defeat the enemy. In fact, the enemy's already defeated. As soon as you invite Jesus to the battle, as soon as you invite Jesus to the temptation, you have already won. Because Jesus pops up and says, wait a minute. Let me talk to my daughter for a second. Leans over and whispers in your ear. The words of life from scripture. Whispers in your ear, ear the songs he's singing over you. And you can look at the enemy and say, you know what? I just talked to, uh, to Jesus about this. And uh, Jesus said, knock you out. That's, that's what Jesus just told me to do. Jesus said, knock you out. Jesus says you are defeated foe. Jesus says you are crushed. Jesus says you have no power and authority in this. I'm drawn and I wish you would cross this line. I got something for you. You come in my house again. I wish you would try to break up my marriage. I wish you would try to break up my family. I wish you would try to break up my career. I wish you would try to stop my edge. Do you know what that'll do to me? You try to mess with me, I'll get a better degree. I'll get a, I'll get a bigger house. I'll, I'll, I'll adopt another family. Keep messing with me and see what happens because Jesus is with me and when Jesus is with you you cannot lose when Jesus is on your side you are always victorious you're always victorious and so today we get to witness we get to witness victory we need to we get to witness history in the making and there are people that are getting ready to go into this pool. They're getting ready to give their lives to him. And when they come out, guess what? They might go to the wilderness. And devil's going to come after them. And, and they're going to be able to say, you know what? I heard this today. And so I'm going to be able to declare, even if I don't know any scriptures, God is love. I'm going to make up my own scripture, right? Like God is with me. I'll just make something up. Anything to stand strong. And we're going to witness that today. But I want to make sure I give someone an opportunity 
just give someone opportunity. Perhaps you need to give Jesus the opportunity to lead you. That's what a Savior really is. You say, I need you, and I'm giving you permission to lead me. So perhaps there's somebody here today. This is how we do this. I ask everyone's head to be bowed, everyone's eyes closed. And I'm just going to ask you while your heads are bowed, eyes closed, nobody's looking at you, nobody's judging you. Here's what you can do. All you need to do is just lift your hand and say, God, that's me. I just need you in my life. So if that's you, just raise your hand. God sees you. God bless you. God bless you. I just want to pray for you. And then when we're done praying, you can take out that next step card or the one back in the tent. And you can check off whatever decision you want to make. But let me pray for you. Keep that hand lifted. Father God, their hand's going up all over this place. And, Lord, we are praying right now for them. I'm praying for strength to come to them. Thank you for the decision that they have made to allow you to lead their life. And I pray today that they will be strong, that they will know that you are with them, and that they will feel your presence as they, as they leave this room. We pray for healing. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for everything that we need, and we believe that we have it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate those decisions that were made. Let's celebrate what God is doing. And I want you just to hang tight. I want you to sing as Becky sings. And we're going to get ready for something completely beautiful.